voice of the black and amber. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. And on a very busy Sunday evening, you're very welcome to TalkSport here on Community Radio to Kenny City, 88.7 FM, www.crkc.ie and also on the Radio Garden app. Now, first thing first, if you want two tickets to go to the Hurling for Cancer Research event in Carlow tomorrow evening, that's a very special event promoted by uh, Jim Bulger and uh, Davy Russell, the jockey, you can just uh, send in a message to us on our WhatsApp or, or on our uh, phone text line 86 that's sponsored by taxback.com at Clune Tech Company or on our WhatsApp 087 1887 first if whoever comes in uh, we'll just do a draw but just type in hurling and your name and phone number and uh, we'll uh, we'll hopefully you will uh, win those tickets very busy weekend in senior hurling Dixborough and Glenmore remain unbeaten but most of the top uh, contenders make progress over the weekend match reports coming up Intermediate hurling, Liz Downey, Donovan, and Thomastown remain unbeaten, and already this trio are setting a strong pace. But plenty more are watching them closely. Match reports coming up also. And in junior, Tolliher, Ross Berkins, St. Lactons, and Winegap, they also continue to set the pace, but lots more hurling to take place. Busy weekend on the Camogie front. First round of the senior, intermediate, and junior, premier, and junior C leagues take place. Now we'll give you whatever results we can lay our hands on, of course. Uh, soccer, well, the Women's World Cup, no joy for England. Spain win that 1 0. A remarkable 14 minutes of injury time we'll get some cross channel results as well we mightn't get to the racing today in the Curran and uh, Tramore and World Athletics is uh, very much taking the stage at the moment John May was talking to Pat Tracy there a few minutes ago but we're going to go straight into the action now we're not going to have a report but, a, but we are going to chat to Richie Power who's out of breath after a fantastic match down in uh, Donovan today between O'Loughlin Gales and um, uh, Carrick Shock and Carrick Shock Richie you pulled it out of the fire at the end yeah, Pat, it was, um, yeah, it was a real uh, nip-and-tuck game, you know, it was from N10s, we had 38 scores in in the 63 or 4 minutes that was played, and, you know, for a neutral at the game, I'd say it was totally, totally enjoyable, but I suppose when you're on one side, it's it's it's, it's knife-edge, but, uh, no, a right good intermediate game here in Dunhamagian in, in great conditions, and the field was in top condition, you know, so, like, probably the goals that we got, you know, the, the place in Jake Dwyer, for Kerry Shock at full forward really really worked well you know he, he I thought I felt that he dictated the first uh, the first half and he scored a goal in the points in the first three minutes he set up Kevin Farrell for the for the uh, for the second goal in, in that half and then he got a crucial goal um, he got a crucial goal for um, for uh, for us, uh, the third goal but the fourth goal uh, was the goal that really you know it was a, t- a top class goal from Kerry Shock Jake DeWire won it in the corner he did everything to try and get in along the end line. He got in so far. He played it back to Jay, uh, Jamie Power. Uh, he offloaded it back to Jake DeWire and he got it across to uh, Kieran Conway. And Kieran Conway just slotted it away in the, in the, in the nest. It was a big, big score. Um, Lachlan kept their heads up. They had, they had some great performers in Kevin Murphy. Um, Fergal uh, Brennan, who was not uh, uh, named to play, he started uh, and he had a very, very good, uh, good half. Uh, particularly the first, uh, the last 50 minutes of the first half, them two guys were very, very good, Kevin Murphy and Fergal Brennan. But the, uh, probably the best player throughout the hour, I felt, was Evan Welsh in the middle of the field. He won a, a, a heap of ball, and Ben Laden uh, had a good game as well. But look at a right good game pass. Um, you know, it was a, a big win for ourselves. Uh, things hadn't been going well, and we were depleted with injuries. But look at, we got the result here today, and it just, look at, it's two points on the board, and the fourth round will be coming up in two weeks' time. Richie, we'll leave it at that. That's why there's plenty of relief in your voice, but well done on that, and thanks for covering that. We'll have a report from Richie on that senior game between uh, Lachlan Gales and Mundabat coming up later on in the programme. But we'll let him off home now. He's tired after the day. Thanks for that, Richie. Okay, that's Richie, uh, just gone on us there. Doesn't matter, we're straight into the uh, recorded results so far, and here is Bennis Bridge and James Stevens took place uh, the other night, and uh, let's see how this game goes. I think it's in Danesford. Bennis Bridge and James Stevens met in the tour round of the St. Candice's Senior Hurling League in Danesford on Friday night, and served up a pulsating match in third and testing conditions, with the result ending in a draw with a score of 10 points each. 
when his bridge started off the scoring with a Nicky clear free after the first minute. The same player tagged on another free in the second minute. When his bridge two points, James Stevens no points. Tygo Dwyer responded before James Stevens with a well-taken point from some nice build-up play from their midfield. Bennett's bridge aided and by this strong wind in their favour went further ahead when Kevin Blanchfield put over a point from play with a pass out of the half-back line. And Owen Gilfoyle free pegged back the scoreline in the 15-minute score Bennett's bridge four points, James Stevens two points. They can clear for Bennett's bridge pointed another score at the 20th minute. Ross Whelan got a point from play to narrow the gap for James Stevens. It was Bennett's bridge men who tagged on points with a David Blanchfield point from play and a Nicky Clear free to leave the score at halftime. Bennett's bridge seven points, James Stevens three points. The bridge in the first half were playing through the lines and maybe if they used the elements to their advantage, they might have yielded a few more scores. The second half started with a James Stevens points from two frees in the 34th and the 34th minute from the precise free taken from Owen Gilfoyle. James Stevens further into the Bennett's bridge lead when midfielder and captain Luke Scannon put over a point from play despite intense pressure from the bridge defence. Score Bennett's bridge 7 points, James Stevens 6 points after 40 minutes. Luke Scannon again pointed draw level matters in the 42nd minute. The bridge tried as they might to breach the James Stevens defence and met with stout resistance and also battling the elements. James Stevens went further ahead with a point from play again by Luke Scannon and a free by Owen Gilfoyle. After 47 minutes the score was 9 points to James Stevens to 7 points at Bennett's bridge. A Nicky Clear free from an acute angle narrowed the gap for Bennett's bridge. Another for Nicky free clear again in the 52nd minute in which he showed great composure and skill to put it over from a long distance considering the elements he was battling to level the match. But an old Gilfoyle free in the 55th minute edged James Stevens ahead on a scoreline of 10 points to 9 in their favour. Both teams in the last few minutes threw everything at each other James Stevens to win and Bennett's Bridge to drop and it was Bennett's Bridge who got the results when Kevin Blanchfield popped up put over the point to earn Bennett's Bridge a draw in the dying seconds of the game. The result then was a draw 10 points each. Both teams are to be credited with their displays in horrendous conditions a tough and un- uncompromising match played with no malice on either side and ref Richard Dowling is to be commended as he ensured that the game was played in a flowing manner despite the conditions presented on the night. This is Paddy Kelly for Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And our thanks to Paddy Kelly there. Well, a game took place in John's Park, which we had broadcast live here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, Erin Zone and Glenmore. St. Canis' Credit Union Senior Hurling League Championship. Glenmore won 17, Erin Zone 10 points. Glenmore once again laid down a clear marker as to their credentials with an impressive 10-point victory over Erin Zone in St. John's Park on Friday evening. Before analysing the game, let's first mention the weather. Suffice to say it was awful, with heavy rain and wind... And in truth, the game should probably not have been played, principally for the safety of the players, but we also need to mention the hardy supporters from both clubs who braved the horrendous conditions to support their respective teams. We must give a mention to the Alloctan Gales GA club, who had the pitch in excellent condition despite the inclement weather. The early stages of the game were pretty even, but with the wind at their backs, Glenmore slowly began to gain momentum. A delightful point from Jack Boogie from 65 metres gave the Coleman men a good start, but within a minute a quickly taken line ball set up Alan Murphy for the equaliser. That score settled the winners and helped by a dominant half-back line and in midfield. They landed a further six points without reply to lead seven points to one after ten minutes. Given the scale of the breeze, the Southerners would have needed at least six points turning around to face the elements in the second half. But they were always playing the better hurling, much of it down to superior team play. Alan and Owen Murphy, Jerry Aylward and Cahill Burden all found the range during that dominant period for the winners. Aaronson enjoyed a bit more possession in the second quarter, but all they could show for those efforts was two-pointed frees from Jack Boogie, their best player. Alan Murphy, as he did last week against James Stevens, was leading from the front for the winners, and he landed three further pints before the interval to see Glenmore ahead ten points to three, when referee Conor Everard blew for the conclusion of the first 30 minutes. The big challenge facing both teams at the start of the second half was the deteriorating light. In fact, it was getting so bad that it was difficult to see the length of the field. With the wind at their backs, Aaron's own started the new half well with a point from John Dowd, from 55 metres to bring the margin back to six points. Not an insurmountable lead by any means given the scale of the elements. But that demanded a big improvement from the Comer men in their overall play, and while they showed plenty of honest endeavour, the winners worked back deep and challenged for every ball. The tactic of rolling the ball against the breeze worked very well for Glenmore. Rarely was one of their players on his own with a colleague on hand to receive a pass and set up another score. A brace of points from Jack Boogie and another from Owen Brennan saw Aaron's own add just four points up to the 23rd minute of the second half. They really needed to work the scoreboard operator a lot more if they were to get back into the game. 
Glenmore landed six points of their own during that period, with Cahill Burden and Ian Borden continuing to have a big impact on the game, along with Alan Murphy and Ger Aylward. At the other end of the pitch, Shane and Owen Murphy, along with Billy Reid, were dominant, with most of the winners' attacks started by one of this trio. Aaron's own made it a nine-point game with excellent points from acute angles from James Brennan and Shane Fien with five minutes remaining, but the Comer men were chasing the game at that stage. The pace and interplay among the Glenmore players threatened the goal on a few occasions, and they finally raised a green flag on the cusp of full time when Ian Borden finished to the net when set up by Dean Croke. The winners are an impressive side who managed Friday evening's appalling conditions well. They now comfortably sit at the top of Group A with two games remaining to be played. The Comer men currently prop up Group A with a single point and must improve if they were to avoid a relegation battle in the coming weeks. Final score from St John's Park. Glenmore 117, Erdens own 10 points. And the weather was no better up in Erlingford for Clara to on tell her own. Jerry Drennan. St. Canis's Credit Union, Senior Hurling League, Group B, Round 3. Tullerone 116, Clara 2-8. Just like everywhere else in the county on Friday evening last, conditions for hurling in Erlingford were absolutely horrible. There was a driving rain and wind which never let up from the road end of the pitch for the full hour of the game. Clara were dealt a blow before the match when Paul Cody and Sean O'Shea both had to withdraw their services. Their captain, Liam Ryan, did win the toss and he elected to play with the driving wind. Matt Kenny put over a free for them in the third minute of play, which was responded by Shane Walsh, who won a free up the other end for Tullerone. Chris Bulger extended the Clara lead to 2-1, but Tullerone then shot back for three points in succession. Mossy Keown popped up on the left wing, taking a pass from Dylan Simpson to put a ball over off his left. Then Peter Walsh, who was very lively up front for Tullerone, was fouled, which resulted in a free which Shane Walsh put over before Peter Walsh hit one from play. Martin O'Connell responded immediately for Clara to leave it 4-3 in favour of Tullerone. At this stage, Mossy Keown was running the show around the half-forward line for Tullerone, and he popped up on the right wing this time to make it 5-3. Dylan Simpson added a point 6-3 and then young Dara Glynn who had replaced Paul Cody before the start put over a 65. Lester Ryan also who had replaced Sean O'Shea before the start of the game and lined out on the half-back line put over a very good point from play to make it 6-5 in favour of Tullerone. Garo Dunn then took a Shane Walsh delivery making it 7-5 before we had the first goal of the night. Great work by Shane Walsh for Tullerone on the right wing where he worked the ball across the face of the goal resulted in Jack Keown poking the ball forward and the ball seemed to go into the net either off a Jack of Mossy it was very hard to say but both the Keown brothers were on hand to make it 1-7 to 5 points. Mossy added a point and the only other score in the first half was a free by Matt Kenny in the 30th minute to leave it at half time Tullerone leading 1-8 to 6 points having played against the breeze. Tullerone had withdrawn their half-forward line to aid their defence in that half, where Parik Walsh was in absolutely excellent form. Tullerone came out for the new half, and they hit two points in quick succession from Gro Dunn. The first uh, flick out by Massey Keown, and the second a pass by Shane Walsh. Clara had withdrawn Joe Connolly at the break, and he was replaced by Peter Nolan, who put in a very good stint in the second half. They were very unlucky in the 34th minute when Darren Lynn had a very good shot and goal saved by Paul Buggy after a good run by Liam Ryan. Dylan Simpson put over a free from distance for Tullerone to make it 1-11 to 6 points with 40 minutes played and it looked as if Tullerone were just going to sail home. But Clara fought and fought, dri- driven on by Shane Staunton at the back, Lester Ryan, Liam Ryan, Chris Bulger working very hard up front. They began to creep into the game and win more ball. A good cross by Peter Nolan, the substitute, found Derek Lane, who rose highest, in the 43rd minute and struck an unstoppable shot to the corner of the net. Within two minutes, it was Derek Lane again. This time, Parik Walsh had been dispossessed at midfield by Lester Ryan, who really worked his socks off all night. Chris Bulger won possession, offloaded to Derek Lane, who again shot to the net. To leave it 1-11 to 2-6, the margin was now down to two points. Those two points were quickly erased when Liam Ryan hit over two from play, the second a very good pass from his brother Lester, to leave it level pegging with 55 minutes on the game. At this stage, it seemed as if Clara had now just poked the bear and Tullerone awoke from a slumber of the second half to hit over five points in succession with no reply. 
It was Garod Dunn who was the instigator with two great points. The first was a pass out from Shane Walsh, which Dunn gathered and rolled two tackles before striking over on the run. The second point was an excellent point a la Adam Screeny. When Shane Walsh kicked the ball into the corner and inside his 14-metre line, Garod Dunn put over from the right wing. His brother Tomas extended the lead 114-28 to and at this stage, Tullerone were winning all the puckouts that Clara were putting out against the wind. Those puckouts resulted in Shane Walsh winning 265s, which were put over the bar to leave Tullerone ahead at the final stages, 116-28. On a night that was really, really difficult for hurling, Tullerone were best served by Parik Walsh at centre-back, Mossy Keown up front, the brilliant Garod Dunn, and Shane Walsh, who really worked and worked all night. For Clara, who lost nothing in defeat, Shane Staunton was excellent in defence, clearing ball after ball all night. The, the, the Ryan brothers, Lester and Liam Ryan, and young Darragh Lynn, who, who hit some great scores, did all their best for Clara. Final score, 116 Tullerone, Clara 2-8. And our thanks to Jerry Drennan for that. Now, before we go to Barry for uh, Shamrock's Belly Hill and uh, Greg Belly Callan report, don't forget I have two tickets here for the Hurling for Cancer Research game in uh, Netwatch Cullen Park tomorrow night. Anyone would like those, just text in, put your, uh, put your, just type in Hurling with your name on it, and uh, you can get those tickets. Uh, we, if we only get one in, we'll only draw for it. We won't have any draw at all. So the two tickets are here if you want to go to Netwatch Cullen Park tomorrow night for a good cause. Barry, mm. Shamrock's Valley Hill, you're in, you're, uh, you're in two enthusiastic about them there before we started to record this. Why would you, Nicky? The Ballyhale Shamrocks 221, Greg Ballycallan 20 points and make no mistake about it but on the evidence that was manifest in John Locke Park on Friday evening, the Kilkenny reigning All-Ireland Provincial and County Champions are starting to pour like a well-oiled Formula One machine. Did I say Friday evening? I meant Saturday afternoon. There was plenty of uh, plenty of evidence that their legendary magic is uh, stored under the bonnet. And the worrying thing about that is their collective ability can expose a few gears of it whenever and whenever and whatever the occasion demands. The game produced a lot of good, skillful, entertaining hurling for the fine crowd who got plenty of value for their buck. Greg opened with a tropical storm, opened like a tropical storm, bagging two well-taken points by two of their star forwards, though not the biggest nor the eldest of them. Aaron McAvoy and Aaron Brennan being the instigators. The Shamrocks, with typical cocky confidence, engaged in trying for goals when points were for the taking. They might have got them too, but for the sheer brilliance and courage of Kieran Hoyne in the Greg Valley Callan goal, he stopped an Adrian Mullen Rasper in the third minute and another from Nye Shortland in the seventh minute. He addressed the same attention and result to a couple more in the second half, but he could do naught about a brilliantly constructed move in the sixth minute, crafted by TJ Reid and buried by Owen Cody. The machine was moving through the gears beautifully, up to and beyond the midway mark in that first quarter. They were comfortable with their lead of 1-16-0-2. The half-back line of Evan Shefflin, Richie Reid and the huge Dara Corcoran presented a formidable challenge to the flying Bally Callan forwards. The Mullen brothers were too good for Billy Ryan and Billy O'Neill at midfield and when Ireland's greatest hurler had the baton directing affairs, things always happened. Their interchanging was a joy to behold. Their possession game was better than Perfect. If they have an Achilles heel, it could be their shortfall in pace around the backline of defence. However, it was not all about the champions. Big Connor Flynn started a resurgence with a power-packed run in the 18th minute. He brushed aside what traffic he met on his journey from full-back to the Shamrock's half-back line. Breaking that line too with, comm- with commensurate ease, he offloaded Aaron Brennan, who completed the project as designed. Points by the excellent Aaron McAvoy, four, two from Freeze, Billy Ryan, Richie Keown and uh, Ryan Corcoran, which were... Um Answered, were answered by a brilliant Adrian Mullen point and an equally exquisite TJ Reid free that had the game firmly balanced at half time. Uh, the Ballyhill Shamrocks won nine, Greg Bally 10 points, Ballyhill 10 points, Greg Bally Callan 10 points. The Greg lads were not for bending, they went toe to toe with their illustrious opponents all the way over the park. Jeff Nari narrowed the gap to a single after 30 seconds. Adrian Mullen answered that. Billy O'Neill got a smashing for Greg. Adrian Mullen answered that too. Owen Cody got one. Aaron McEvoy, who had taken over the free-taking from an errant colleague, balanced that Mullen effort. He got a second 
but but uh, Cody again answered. The Greg Bally Callanas were dialing up great effort and good results. That was until the handle fell off the people in the 43rd minute when TJ orchestrated a goal with the help of quite an intelligent passing over distance. The gallant losers visibly wilted. Points by Dara Corcoran, Adrian Mullen and an absolutely brilliant free by TJ cooked the Greg Valley Callan goose as the game entered wind-down time. From there to the finish, it was a score fest with the winners never less than two goals in front. Greg Valley Callan tried so hard. Oh, they surely did. They could be well pleased with their performances of their younger brigade coming through like Aaron McAvoy, Aaron Brennan, Jeff Nari, Billy O'Neill, Captain Tommy Ronan, all of whom can look back with pride and satisfaction to the air uh, to their efforts. If this is only half a Shamrock's team waiting for the return of the emigrant ship, I can only feel more certain that title number six is practically a given. Greg Valley Callan, uh, sorry, Valley and Shamrock's 221, Greg Valley Callan 20 points. Our thanks, Barry, and we'll have more after this. The Voice of the Black and Amber, Community Radio, Kilkenny City. 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. And welcome back to the programme. Now we're out to Huggenstown where Mullavat took on O'Loughlin Gales. Richie Power. O'Loughlin's 115, Mullavat 110. O'Loughlin's and Mullavat played out an average senior hurling league round three game in Huggenstown on Saturday afternoon. Scores from play were scarce in this first half, but a few showers of rain didn't help the cause. Mark Bergen from a free in the first minute was cancelled by an O'Shea Knox free for Bullnavat in the fourth minute. Joe Gahan made it 2-1 with a point from play. Paddy Deegan came up the field to score a great point for O'Loughlin's to leave it two apiece after eight minutes. Ian Duggan from play in the ninth minute and an own wall point from play made it three apiece after 14 minutes. Bullnavat were doing the better hurling with their backs totally on top. O'Shea Knox free and, and an Adam Altsfield one from play pushed Mullavat two up after 18 minutes. This game probably changed over the next 10 minutes. Mullavat missed a couple of frees and a good goal chance where O'Loughlin's finished a half with two Mark Bergen frees and a point from play from Owen O'Shea and David Fogarty to leave it Mullavat eight points, O'Loughlin's seven points at half time. Mullavat got off to a great start in the first minute of the second half. O'Shea Knox, with a long-range free, dropped it under the crossbar and it looked like Hugh Laura had it under control, but it slipped through his fingers. Mullavat won eight, O'Loughlin seven pints. O'Loughlin's hit back with two Mark Bergen frees and a pint from Owen O'Shea and David Fogarty to leave it Mullavat won eight, O'Loughlin's eleven pints after ten minutes of the second half. Parry Gahan and Jeremy Malone pushed Mullavat two up, but the O'Loughlin's half-back line of David Fogarty, Paddy Deegan and Jordan Malloy were starting to take control and deliver great balls to their forwards. 13 minutes gone in the second half and unbelievably Mullavat failed to score over the remainder of the second half. Mark Bergen free and a second one from Jordan Malloy made it all square after 20 minutes. O'Loughlin's 13, Mullavat won 10. The big score in this second half came in the 21st minute. A long clearance fell on the Mullavat half-back line and the ball broke to Owen Wall for O'Loughlin's. He got inside the defence and buried it in the Mullavat net. A big score for O'Loughlin's. O'Loughlin's saw this out with points from Mark Bergen free and Paddy Deegan. O'Loughlin's got a huge contribution from that half-back line and got five, five points from play, which was the difference between the two teams. Both teams know that they will have to be better in six or seven weeks' time if they have ambitions of winning a senior title in Kilkenny. O'Loughlin's won 15, Mullavat won 10. And thanks, Richie, for that. And the final senior game of the weekend was the Boran Dance Fort. That took place out on the Kells Road this afternoon, Kieran Ari. The third round of the St. Canis' Credit Union Senior Hurling League between Dixborough and Dance Fort took place on the Kells Road on Sunday afternoon. Dixborough started scoring through Shane Stapleton Pike, but Ben Whitty added a 65 to level it up in the second minute. Then Andy Gaffney, Killian Buckley scored two great scores for Dixborough to leave it three points to one before Paddy Hickey got his first point from play to leave it three points to two in the eighth minute. Carl Carney then levelled it up with a 70-yard point to leave it three points apiece in the ninth minute before Mark Nolan and an Andy Gaffney free and a Shane Stapleton point put Dixborough into a six points to three lead heading towards the end of the first quarter. Richie Hogan then pointed a free for Dance Fort to leave a six points to four in the 16th minute before the first goal of the game came through. Andy Gaffney where he tore through and buried the ball low and hard to the back of Paddy Hogan's net to leave it one six to four after 17 minutes. 
Andy Gaffney then hit over free to leave it 1-7 to 4 in the 21st minute before Colin Phelan and Mark Nolan exchanged scores leave it 1-8-5 heading towards half time then another score from Andy Gaffney from a place ball left it 1-10-5 pints before Andy Gaffney's second goal of the game left it 2-10-5 pints a great pass from Ollie Welsh into Killian Buckley Killian Buckley popped the ball out and Andy Gaffney just one touch and tapped it over the outcome and Paddy Hogan's net to leave it 2-10-5 pints at half time it was all Dixborough in the second half with points from Andy Gaffney, Aidan Nolan, Killian Buckley, three from Timmy Clifford, an own friendly effort as well, left at 2.17 to six points, with the only score of the second half up to the 58 minute coming through a Paddy Hickey point, his second of the game for Dane's fourth. Heading towards the final stretch, Dixburg then added points through Killian Hackett and another another fine effort from Aidan Nolan, left at 2.22 to, to, to eight points, but a, fi- a final score then from Kieran Mullen, a brilliant individual score, two Richie Hogan frees, left the final score in the Kells Road, two two twenty-two to eleven points. A good performance from Dixborough, worrying times for Dance Four with no points on the board after three games, and they're looking to be finding a win from somewhere shortly. And uh, thanks for that, Kieran. Uh, now Barry Henriquez went off to a picturesque uh where they have the Keeper Lit Festival on this weekend but uh, picturesque it certainly was but weather wise it was rather nasty Barry Henriquez Thomas Town 321 blacks and whites one goal and six well the thunder crashed and the lightning flashed and the rain came down like bullets from a Kalishnikov rifle ripping holes in the ground this is not the opening paragraph of a Jack Reacher novel more a pre-match diatribe on a climatic backdrop facing players and supporters in his steak on Friday evening from an early observation it seemed that the team who could address the Armageddon conditions better would have an unconditional advantage when the final a whistle would sound at the end of a gruelling debacle. With the howling wind in their sails in the first half, the team most likely was the guys wearing blue. Playing towards the Thomastown end goal, they were literally camped for long segments of attack. By the end of the first quarter, they led North 4 to not 2. The points coming from ever-reliable Robbie Donnelly got 2. Alan Cass and Petey McDonough got the others. The Shockmen were investing every modicum of their energies trying to battle against the 80 miles an hour wind, rain-laden wind and a surface that was fast evolving into a winter ice rink. Sam Bourne and Niall Kennedy free kept their side in the chasing pack. By the 23rd minute, Thomastown were just three points adrift of their gamey opponent. Eddie Donnelly, Peter MacDonald, Zach Bay Hammond, John Joe Fitzgerald, uh, John Joe Farrell, and Tucker Henran were posing tough questions for the lads in black. Robbie Donnelly continued to capitalise on any free shots. Just when the blacks and whites felt like they could get to the half time break with a chance of doing the big thing when aided by the elements in the second half they were subjected to two hammer blows in the 26th and 29 minutes Luke Connellan rifled home an unstoppable goal to leave the Scotchmen struggling in the Thomastown slipstream by 1-9-0-3 three minutes later John Joe Farrell who was excellent clattered a ball to Keelan O'Grady's net leaving the blacks and whites adrift by a whopping 217 did not 3. The second half was a lottery. The conditions worsened. The losers had lost Burn and were to lose their terrific goalkeeper, Young O'Grady, early in the second half to a dangerous clash of tibias and fibulas. Thomason continued to press home their advantage. And to be honest, the light was fading fast. And it was fading so quickly, making identifications of personnel and, ma- and events a matter of trust between the small crowd huddled under the canopy of the clubhouse at the village end of a now flooded field. It was not nice, I can assure you. It was becoming increasingly dangerous for players and it became so dark that at least a dozen cars parked on the headland of the pitch switched on their lights, hoping it would render some assistance. As I travelled flooded roads, decorated with broken trees I passed through Noctover where the street lighting system was on it was 2022 a normal man's time that was 22 minutes past 8 on an August evening Thomas Town 
Well, they played well. They had great scores. Robbie Donnelly got eight points. John Joe Farrell won three. Luke Connellan won two. Peter McDonnell not three. Richie O'Hara goal. And then Cass Tucker, Henry and John Donnelly, Josh Holden, uh, Luke Donnelly all got points. Blacks and Whites. Darren Murphy got a goal. Ryan Murphy got two points. Knight Kennedy got two from three. Sam Burns on. Sen and Doyle got a point apiece. It was, uh, was it a good game? No. That report sounds like a, 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 a weather report, Nicky, rather than a hurling report. But that's the way it was. And to be very honest, not only was the conditions underfoot terrible, but the light was a, was a big, big problem. Yes, it was. Yeah, we're going to stick with the intermediates up in uh, Freshford, Fiend and Sugan St. Martins in uh, Ballyragget. Shane Cogan was there for us. Connie Liz Downey in Ballyragget. Connor Brennan and the Roaring Dunamagan yesterday was there myself. Here's those reports. Fiend and Johnstown got their first win of this year's intermediate campaign with a two-point win over St. Martins in a wet and windy park locked in Freshford on Friday Eve. The game started very cagey from both sides and both sides were finding it very difficult to deal with the wet conditions. Lads were slipping all over the field and the ball handling was poor. The game had its first score after four minutes through a Shane Kinsler free followed by his opposite number Mark Webster free. First point from play came after nine minutes from corner forward Carl Phelan and St Martins replied with two pointed frees from Shane Kinsler. Another free from Mark Webster to put it three all after 20 minutes and the conditions were having a massive influence on the game with no real open play and St Martins were playing with the breeze and they could not make it count as they were trying to play a short running game and it was breaking down on most attempts. St Martins got their first point from play after 21 minutes from centre back Brian Cody who found himself way up the field to put the ball over the bar. From there till half time we had a Shane Kinsler free and two pointed frees from Mark Webster. A point from Colin Phelan to leave it all square at the break, five points each. The conditions were getting worse as the second half was about to get out, get going. St. Martin started with their second point from play from Sean Hunt, followed by a Webster free. Both teams were trying so hard, but a lot of mistakes were being made from both sides. Shane Kinsler missed a couple of scoreable frees, and they were to be the difference in the end. This game got going after 15 minutes with scores from Kieran Gran and Mark Webster to put the Johnstown men ahead. But back came St. Martins with a point from Brian Cody and Donald Shore and a free from Kinsler. But that was not enough as the Johnstown men got the last three scores from that man Mark Webster two frees and the score of the game came from wing-back Dara McCormack a great point to give the Johnstown men two-point win. Johnstown 12 points, St. Martins 10. St. Martins had good players in Kyle Keegan, Brian Cody, Justin Manning and Shane Kinsella tried hard. For the Johnstown men, Rory Phelan, Dara McCormack, Sean Brennan, Carl Phelan, Kieran Grennan and that go-to man Mark Webster, he was involved in a lot of the Johnstown men's play. As I said before, it was a hard night for hurling and fair play to both sets of players and all involved in the teams for togging out and most important, no one got injured in the process. Michael Lee Motors Intermediate Hurling League Championship. Liz Downey 211, Connie Shamrocks 112. In a dramatic finish, Liz Downey snatched victory from the jaws of defeat over a luckless Connie Shamrocks in their third round game of the Michael Lee Motors Intermediate Hurling League Championship tie in Ballyragget on Friday evening last. The Connie men looked primed for victory when Tom Fielden scored a wonderful point after an incredible run from his own half to give them a two point lead, 112 to 110. But their joy was short-lived when moments later Niall Brennan skipped his way in from the left to flick the ball past Carl Downey in the Conaghy goal. This was followed by a Kevin Dunphy point for Liz Downey as they breathed a huge sigh of relief and left Conaghy devastated. The weather conditions were atrocious for the vast majority of the game with driving rain making the underfoot conditions, ball control and striking very challenging. Credit must go to both teams for the quality of the hurling produced in spite of this and in particular to the St. Patrick's Ballyragget Club whose pitch was in excellent condition throughout. Liz Downey enjoyed the better of the opening exchanges with Richard McAvoy opening the scoring for them with a good point. James Berrigan soon responded with a point at free for Connie before Niall Brennan scored a good point into the win for Liz Downey, followed soon after by two pointed frees from Andrew McAvoy and a point from Luke Hullin. James Berrigan punished some indiscipline in the Liz Downey defence to point two frees, and when Bill Murphy hit a good point for Connie, it levelled the game up once again. Liz Downey then enjoyed a good chunk of luck when a long range Aiden Tallis free was dropped in the Connie Square and somehow the ball was scrambled over the line by a combination of Liz Downey forwards, with possibly David O'Carroll getting the final touch. Connie responded well with a further James Berrigan pointed free, and a level score soon after when Kieran Mooney laid on a clever pass to Bill Murphy, who blasted the ball to the Liz Downey net. 
This story did manage to respond before the half-time whistle went a point from Kevin Sweeney, and this saw them lead 1-7 to 1-6 at the break. The opening exchanges of the second half were dominated by Connie as they fought for every ball with great determination. But scores were at a premium, however, due to the ever-worsening weather, with both sides scoring three points apiece in the first 20 minutes of the half. This downy scores came from place balls, while James Bergen's two frees and substitute Dara Dooley found the range for Connie. The drama heightened considerably in the final 10 minutes. Connie took the lead by a point, 111 to 110, and James Bergen pointed two further frees, as the Connie attack worked their opportunities well. Then came that great point from Tom Phelan, and it looked like Connie were bound for victory. But Liz Dowdy and Niall Brennan in particular had something to say about that before referee Vivian Holmes called time on the game. Final score from Ballyragget, Liz Dowdy 2-11, Connie Shamrocks 1-12. Michael League Motors Intermediate Hurling League Championship, Dunavagan 16 pints, Roaring Estique 14 pints. Dunavagan maintained their unbeaten run in Group B of the Michael League Motors Intermediate Hurling League Championship with a narrow two-point victory of the Roaring Estique in Thomastown on Saturday afternoon. The winners were marginally the better side over the 60-plus minutes, but they will know that but for a number of brilliant saves by their goalie Andy O'Dwyer that they would not have won this game. Roar and the Steve will be frustrated with those missed chances and they know that they cannot be repeated if their team is to make progress in this year's campaign. Roar and the Steve enjoyed first advantage of the breeze, but the elements were never going to be decisive in determining the outcome of the game. Both sides hit a few careless wide some distance when favoured by the breeze. Jim Ryan opened the scoring, pointing from 50 metres for Rory Nesteeg when he was set up by his colleague Tom Doyle. Two minutes later, the sides were level when John Fitzpatrick, outstanding for the winners all through the game, pointed a free. The next couple of minutes brought lots of drama with Dunhamagan, custodian Andy O'Dwyer making three superb saves. Rory Nesteeg pointed to Kevin Murphy from the last of those saves when the ball broke to him. Those misses by the roar were a huge let-off for the winners who settled into the game, having survived those early scares. Throughout the first half, there was never more than a pint or two between the teams, demonstrating the closeness of the exchanges. John Fitzpatrick from play and freeze along with Dennis Walsh pointed for the winners, with Michael Gallivan unerring from freeze for the Roaring Estigue. Jack Walsh, the Roaring Estigue wing-back, pointed two delightful points in the 15th and 20th minutes, two of the best scores of the afternoon. Despite playing against the breeze, Dunhamagan led by a point, eight points to seven at the interval. They increased that lead straight on the resumption when wing-back Darrow O'Keefe pointed. The next 18 minutes belonged to John Fitzpatrick, Dunhamagan and Michael Gallivan roaring the steag, and their accuracy from freeze and place balls kept their respective teams well in contention for victory. Jack Welch was back on the scoreboard midway through the second half when some fine interplay with a couple of his colleagues saw the wing-back land a left-handed point from 50 metres. With six minutes remaining, Dunhamagan goalie Andy O'Dwyer pulled off yet another brilliant save, this time from Owen O'Brien, and when the ball was cleared down the field, Dennis Walsh pointed to see the winners ahead by two points. The tit-for-tat scoring continued right to the final whistle. Every time Rory and Steve brought the margin back to the minimum, back came the winners to land a point at the other end of the field. The winners' defence was key to them holding out for victory at the finish. Credit to Rory and Steve for battling to the end, but those missed goal chances were to prove crucial. This win for Dunhamagan sees them at the top of Group 2 along with Thomastown with both now on six points. They rode their luck on Saturday in Thomastown, but over the 60-plus minutes, they just about shaded the contest. With one win from three games, Roar and the Steve have work to do to ensure they don't land in relegation territory. They are down a few players from last year, which does not help, but they showed enough heart against Son of Magan, which will stand them well in their remaining games. Final score from Thomastown, Don Magan 16 pints, Roar and the Steve 14 pints. The Voice of the Black and Amber, Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. And you're very welcome back to the last section of talk sport and we've one intermediate game left that took place today. Good win from one kind over Young Ireland's and uh, Tom O'Hanlon, uh, Pa Walsh was on fire for you today. That's right, yeah. Final score there, 220 to 14 points and uh, we'll kind of play the stiff breeze in the first half and Pa was very much to the fore there again as he was the last day of Muckley, albeit not to any, get any picture of that match over. Started with a point, good point from from play, followed by a free. And uh, Seamus Farrell replied with a, a good point a few minutes after. We thought we had a bit of a contest on, but for the rest of the for three quarters of the first half, I suppose Mukhine totally dominated the game uh, with the stiff breeze to the backs. It must be said. Um, half followed up with a, with a goal before Seamus Farrell got a point back. Pat then followed with uh, another point, a great goal from play. Adam Coke was brought a very good save out of Jason Brennan in the in the Ireland goal which would be another goal and then Sean again um, had a point from possible distance out the field half followed with a, a point and uh, 
when Kieran Quilty got the next point, making it 2-6 to 2 points, uh, things were looking good. However, for the last 10 minutes of the first half, I must say that the tempo dropped and Munkine um, hit several bad wides, as you could say, um, 10 in total in the first half, in fact. Um, however, they, they, they did get one more score from Shawnee Gannon and um, Young Ireland replied with points from uh, um, Shawnee Carey and Mikey Carey and uh, Killian Carey from the free. So it's a 2-7 to 40 points at half-time. And uh, the second half opened, uh, we're expecting the third day to open for Young Ireland, but it to be. Paddy Natty, Patrick Natty scored a good point. Um, Mukhain followed with four good individual points from Adam Croke and Powell's three more. Um, Young Ireland's got the next two points. Half got a point, 2-12 to 8 points. Patrick Natty, point, 9 points to 2-12. Two, two points from Pa again, Mukhain. Seamus Farrell a point, Adam Croke, Pat Welch, Adam Croke again. Um, Paddy Langton a point, two seventeen to 11 points. And then Mokayan, um f- finished the game for, as a contest, I suppose, with getting the next three points, Shawnee Gannon, Paul Henry, long range free, and uh, um, another free from Pa again. Actually, I think he ended up with two twelve, two five from play. But all in all, you'd have to be impressed with the work rate and the commitment of the Mokayan forwards. By Pa was the main scorer, uh, a lot of the other... Uh, the forwards put in a great great contest Killian Hogan in particular thought took tremendous punishment during the game and um, maybe at times his marker would, would have been shown the yellow card on other occasions however Keon Quilty Kevin Coley walked hand and inside Adam Croke being Adam Croke and Steve Moll also tremendous work rate um, a big day a good day for Munkine a uh, boring day for for Young Ireland I think they didn't expect this coming and talking to him before the match they were looking forward to it and I got the impression they were quite confident, but they have to go back to the drawing board after today. I know that a uh, number of young players, I think there's nine, uh, four players under 19 on the team, and uh, they have work to do, but looking good for Munkine again, back on track. Okay, Tom, thanks for that. We'll talk to you in the two weeks' time. Take care, Tom. Thank thanks, you. that's Tom O'Hanlon there. Happy man there with that. Uh, Camogie results in the senior over the weekend. Uh, James Stevens won 14, Wine Gap won 14. That's a draw. Also in the senior, that it was uh, Dixborough won 15, uh, Piltown won 10, uh, Barra Rangers won 8, Young Ireland's 2 6, St. Bridges uh, 12 points, uh, 13 points, Connie won 12 in the intermediate. It was St. Acton's 2 15, Carrick Shock 11. Points. Uh, Moonkine won 10, Rory Nestique 6 points. In Junior Premier, Tuller 2 9, Greg Damana won 7. And in Junior C, Brent Bridges 2 5 21, Young Ireland's 4 6. And played today in the senior, it was Tullerone 1 16, Thomastown 1 15. Martins and Clara didn't get a result of that yet. I'm not sure what was to be on later this evening anyway. In the intermediate, it was Liz Downey 3 11, Mullinavat 3 6. And a Lock and Gales 12 points, Dane's 4 8 points. We'll have a lot more of those results tomorrow evening anyway on the TC Hurls World of Gaelic Games. Back to the junior now, and uh, this was Greg and Tullerher. I spoke to uh, Seamus Kennedy. JJ Cavanagh's sons, Junior Hurling League, Group A, Round 3. Tuller Ross Birkin got the better of Greg Deman on a score of 114 to 13 points. But uh, Seamus Kennedy, this was uh, no easy victory for uh, Tuller. You had to work hard, and also you were down a player for a period. Yes, there was a, a red card halfway through the game, so Tuller were down to 14. They were also missing their star player, Walter Welch. Walter wasn't available he got married just a couple of weeks ago so uh, that was Tullerher uh, being down two men so look at the backs on both sides were excellent they were couldn't fault anyone just good tough game the standard of hurling would have been poor enough that both teams would have to up their game if any of them are thinking of going anywhere for county finals they both have to up their game Tullerher obviously seen as contenders this year so saw you against uh, St. Lacton's uh, last week you certainly got a very tough encounter this uh, yesterday against uh, Greg Demana from just up the road Yes and I suppose Tullerher trying new tactics and I suppose one of the things was he had 8 players out yesterday under 20 years of age and 6 of them are under 19 so I think Tullerher are they're taking on a, a new directive there and um, I think it could just work very well for them well, that team, a lot of those, as you mentioned there, they've been successful through the good time in the under the minor there a couple of years ago. So there's good talent coming. So maybe you just have to let them off now at the junior and let them make a go of it. Yeah, there's a mixture there of Pat Hartley there would be a bit on, on the older side with Donico O'Connor and a few of them. And they'd be guiding these lads through. And it's really working well now. Um, the blend is working well. Now, um, yesterday, who got the goal for you yesterday? Well, in the first three minutes, uh, Connor Hennessy had a goal and a point scored. And, I mean, it looked like he was unstoppable. 
But for the whole of the, that half, we only scored three more points. So the game just took a hold. The back, it was backs again, backs basically, and the forwards on each side were well held. Yeah, and you'll be but, expecting a lot from the likes of Danny Glenn and Larry Murphy. Some of those players were just coming through that uh, minor ranks a couple of years ago. So a lot of responsibility falling on young shoulders already in Tullerher. Yeah, and they're taking it very well. These lads have been to Nolan Park and they have been around. Uh, unfortunately unfor- uh, enough, none of these guys have made the under-20 in Kilkenny, which is very surprising um, that Larry Murphy has been playing at a high standard and hasn't uh, made the panel or whatever. So some of these things are very surprising to me. Yeah, well, hopefully now as you progress into junior, these players will come to uh, the notice of the selectors. Look, Seamus, we leave it at that, and thanks for joining us this evening, and we'll touch base with you uh, for the next match that Tuller are playing. Thank you very much. Okay, our thanks to Seamus Kendi there. Now, just finished them uh, just before the programme was the John Loxenberg Rangers game. We had John Henriquez on. We're not going to get him again here now. It's 218 to 112. Comfort win for Barry Rangers. Disappointment for John Lox. And also, I spoke uh, this evening to um, uh, Rory Williams. Kilmacow were defeated by St. Patrick's Ballyragget. Well, this afternoon in uh, St. John's Park, the JJ Cabinet Sons Junior Hurling League Group A Round 3. Kilmacow came up against St. Patrick's Ballyragget and it was the Northerns who won that match and Rory Williams, uh, Kilmacow seemed to be coming into the game but in the end of the day Ballyragget were that little bit stronger uh, Yes, yes, Nicky, probably the way to put it um, a strong breeze in, the, in it but the breeze never won any game for anybody but there's probably about 4-5 to five points of, of a hurling wind in it if you like uh, St. Patrick's won the toss selected to play against it and got off to a bright start uh, Kinnacow, um two or three wides at the beginning of the match probably blunted a bit of confidence but uh, Ballyragget were kind of leading from trap to line but um, towards the end of the first half we we stepped into the game a bit and got a couple of scores on the run which narrowed the gap at half time to 110 to 7 points not a fatal uh, difference if you like but against the wind was all going to mean Kinnacow were going to have to chase the game in the second half now, in that second half, obviously you couldn't make up the headway against uh, St. Patrick's, who uh, obviously looked at, based on the score anyway, at 123, just always had this margin. They were ahead of you kind of for, most, for all of the match. Correct, correct, correct. Uh, as I said, led track to line. Second half, they started very brightly. Cleveland Cow had to restructure the team, bring Luke uh, Harney into midfield and bring on a few subs uh, in an effort to chase the game. And... Uh, you know, you sometimes you'd be prepared because the other guy uh, blows back first. And uh, St. Patrick's recorded uh, four points in a row early in the second half, which put a 10-point difference in the game and then kind of it, it quietened the game after that. Uh, in the corresponding fixture last year, Kilmacow had won it by two points in a in an arm wrestle of a match down in Kilmacow. But uh, this year, Patrick's look uh, sharp, had a purpose about what they were doing, constant rotation of the forwards. Keane Donnelly took his goal very well in the first half. Um, uh, ably the forwards ably marshalled by um, Jeff Brennan as well but they hurled well they, 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 they had a sense of purpose as to what they are trying to do Obviously a bit of work ahead now for uh, Kilmacow if they are to uh, get up the table and put themselves in a stronger position for the knockout stages which will take place in a couple of weeks Correct every game has a purpose every game has its merit if you like and unfortunately now having uh, lost Tuller and Piltone and now today St. Patrick's uh, puts us on the back foot a bit alright Still, a couple of more matches to come with Lockton's and Conine. Uh, some more games to come, but yes, um, more positive news needed from the Deep South, all right. Rory, thanks for that. We'll talk to you uh, after the next match. Thanks, Nicky. Okay, thanks to Rory Williams. Pat Tracy was at Emeralds and Sleeve Rue. The Emeralds 312, Sleeve Rue 312. This game ended all square, and I suppose it was a fitting result uh, as neither team dominated enough to win it. And uh, Sleeve Rue, well, uh, they had a little bit of mystery to their team as uh, their players were listed from 1 to 20, but numbers 24, 25, 21, and they even added in 22 during the game to add to the mystery of uh, their. Their makeup. It was Emeralds who uh, got off to the better start, and uh, Sean Burke delivery was flicked to the net by Johnny Doyle to give them a 1-1 to one point lead. They 
increased that to 1-3 to a point with Liam Grant and Killian Doyle pointing. Killian Power got a point back for the sleeve room men. Then the mystery men uh, came on the scene, particularly number 25, who turned out to be Paul Rocket. He pointed a free. Then he scored what was one of the softest penalties you'll ever see. And uh, that made it all square at 1-3 apiece. Gary Walsh came in then with a goal to make it 2-3 to 1-3 and Paul Rocket added another point. 2-4 to 1-3 as the Emeralds seemed to fall asleep. They awakened from their slumber as Dara Queeley, Tomas Cusson and uh, Qu- Dara Queeley again pointed to give them just trailed by 1.24 to 1.6. Paul Rocket pointed a free before Liam Grant uh, was set up by JJ McLaughlin and he netted to leave it 2.6 to 2.5. Two more points for uh, the Emeralds from Liam Grant and uh, John Doyle. I gave them a 2.8 to 2.5 lead at the break as they faced into the wind in the second half. The sleeve room men levelled it up within four minutes uh, with points from Evan Collin, Gary Walsh and Adrian Rocket uh, to leave it 2-8 apiece. But then a great move which involved Dara Queeley, JJ McLaughlin and uh, was finished to the net by Ollie Kenny to give the Emeralds men a 3-8-2-8 lead. It was Connor Wall who goaled for sleeve room to leave them 3-10-3-9 to ahead. And then Dara Queeley levelled it up again. Sleeve Roo seemed to have done enough as they landed points from Gary Walsh and Connor Wall to leave it 3.12 to 3.10. But Killian Doyle pointed and then Dara Queeley pointed it close in free when what it looked like it should have been a penalty to leave it all square. And the final score then was uh, 3.12 to the Emeralds, 3.12 to Sleeve Roo. And uh, that was our path Tracy. Now we have a covered number of games here that we won't get to cover this evening. We'll t- include them on the TC Tours World of Gaelic Games tomorrow evening. That's the junior game between uh, James Stevens and Dixborough. We have a report for Paddy Kelly on that. Kieran Muldowney was at uh, St. Lacton's and uh, Pilltown uh, this afternoon. Uh, that game, but the first game by the way, was won by the Borough. Uh, Lacton's had a big win over Pilltown. And the final game is the one we had live today from uh, Kilmana, Galmai and Wingap, which Wingap won with a goal feast from them. Jerry Drennan has a report. So we'll have those three reports. Uh, tomorrow evening. Uh, we say well done to uh, Mark Dowling from Dunbell. Mark, you're the winner of our Hurling for Cancer, those two tickets. You can pick them up here in the studio. Uh, they're gonna, I'll have them left here on the uh, on the desk, in the, the main desk in the studio here, and I'll have your name put on it. Even if you, if you come in uh, this evening on that, you might need to ring the bell because the door will be locked this evening. Uh, but uh, you're well done on, uh, on that. Uh, looking at uh, some of the league tables, Glenmore, they're up on six points. James Stevens on three points. Ben Spridge on three points. Chamrocks Valley Hale on three points. Greg Ballycallan on two points and uh, Airden's own on uh, one point. So it's uh, it's it's hotting up on in that uh, particular group. Let's see, can we get up the second group here? Yeah, on the top, it's uh, Dixborough on six points, so Lachlan Gales on four, Tullerone on four, Clare on two, Moldavat on two, and Danesfort, no point yet. So lots uh, lots to play for there. We'll analyse all these further on the TC Tours World of Gaelic Games tomorrow evening and also get an update on the Camogie from, uh, from Aoife Nari. So I'd like to thank all our contributors even a packed programme sorry we couldn't get in those last couple of uh, junior games but we will fit him in tomorrow night it is a very tight and cramped programme Tommy Dowd is coming next up next with the best in uh, country and Irish we say well done to everyone especially on Friday night for the conditions people had to endure just tough going and especially to our own team at Community Radio Kilkenny City who braved the elements Tommy Dowd as I say next until we talk again next Sunday evening Sláin August Banacht <laughs>